Matt Stepp, how's your bracket? Busted. Step and step. Your premium Texas high school football podcast from your friends at Dave Campbell's Texas Football and TexasFootball.com. I am the Tep Greg Tepper. And I'm the Step, Matt Step. Back in God's country. I am. I'm back. And uh, yeah, apparently I brought some cold weather with me. Ha 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 ha. <laughs> how, was, how was your wife's birthday? It was lovely. It was uh, pretty low key. Good. Uh, you know. I took her to the, uh, true story, I took her to the only cheesecake factory in Canada. What? Yeah. <laughs> That's what you want to do? Hey. Uh, one for lunch. Yeah. We went, we went, we had a big day. We went to Ikea and we went to Cheesecake Factory one day. So, yeah. And that's her calling right now. Actually, look, looking at my phone now. I want you to. She, uh, Tepper can confirm she's that calling is, that me. That is Mrs. Step. I should, I should answer the phone on the podcast. Honey, I'm recording a podcast. I don't want to tell you how to run your marriage. Oh, she hung up. Not too bad. It is. It is marked as Mrs. Step. That's uh, it is. It's it on, is in her phone. So yeah, we went. Uh, I, I, I got like a, a nice hotel in downtown Toronto. We, you know, it, w- it wasn't terribly cold until it, the. I think the high was like in the fifties. So the weather was weather was fairly good. So. Okay, well that's good. Yeah. This is your. Area round preview edition of Tep and Step. We do thank you for being a Dave Campbell's Texas football subscriber. Coming up here in a little bit, we'll do a little bit of bi-district cleanup before mm-hmm. we get into our area round draft and plenty of games available to be drafted in the area round of the Texas high school football playoffs. We'll get into that coming up here in just a little bit. But first, Matthew, we will start as we always do with your Texas high school football fun fact of the week presented by Country Meats. Mm-mm-mm. Shout out to our friends at Country Meats. We all love the game of football, and they're here to make fundraising easy for your team. Head over to CountryMeats.com and use the discount code STEP10 to get 10% off your first order. That's discount code STEPP10 at CountryMeats.com. CountryMeats.com. Sweet, clean Country Meats. I, I, I can't got. disagree. I, I mean... Got. I brought me some country meats to my uh, first round playoff games. How about that? Yeah, I brought um, uh, ghost pepper. And and let's be real, your first round play, a lot of those were in the country, and so this they is, were. This it, is this is their, it was on brand. Their natural sustenance. Yeah, I brought yeah ghost pepper and the hot barbecue okay. to uh, the country in Amarillo, and uh, yeah, rave reviews. Yes. Of course, one guy was like, he thought the ghost pepper was a little too spicy, but the barbecue was he got had that. just the right amount of kick. He just didn't have that dog in him. No, he didn't have that dog in him. He's no, uh, who was the, he was, who, oh, Jonah Wilson. This Jonah week. Wilson. Was the He Got That Dog in Him award winner this week. Congrats, Matt, Jonah. You've got that dog in you. Matt Stepp, this is a pretty simple question. All According right. to the Dave Campbell's Texas football computer, which UIL 11-man team sprung the biggest upset of the first round of the Texas high school football playoffs, as in they were the largest underdog yeah, that won yeah, outright. Yeah. Not um, like, because I'll tell you what was, what almost was, was Cuero and Salado. Yeah, yeah. Salado was a 44-point dog. <laughs> and boy, now, it was... It that would have been, I, I, don't, I, I don't mean to overstate this, that might have been the biggest upset in Texas high school football playoff history. That, that would have topped Childress and, and Stan, Stanton. Stanton yeah. was like 34. 
This that, would have been 44. That's one. And the other the other kind of universally expect, accepted biggest upset in history was the Medina Valley over Dangerfield. Mm-hmm. But m- most of the computer – I think Harris rating – I'd be interested to see in the Harris ratings, mm-hmm. which are a rating service that's mm-hmm. been around forever. If I ever see Van, I need to ask him this. What – what the spread? If yeah. you could find out what the spread was, like if he could live, if he kept art. Because I mean, the, Jerry obviously wasn't around. Padilla Pole yeah. wasn't around. So Harris was kind of the only one. I'd be interested to see what this. That's kind of the universally accepted yeah. biggest upset in the history of Texas high school football. That Salado over Quero would, would, would have been, been huge. Yeah. yeah. So anyway. Um, anyway, off the that's a, that's just me. What was the first? I, I've, I've been gone a week. I, I, try, I got you're, I got you're stuff all to pent get up. up. Yeah, all backed up over here. What's what's you what's your pick? What was the biggest? Upset of the first round of the Texas High School. I'm going to go with the game that I was at on Friday. Mm -hmm. Spearman over Abernathy. It's an excellent pick, and you're in the range. Spearman was a 21-point underdog uh, against the mighty Abernathy Antelopes and pulled out the win. That was a big stunner. Yeah. But it pales in comparison to being a 26-point underdog, which is what? Do you want more guess? 26 points. Uh, so I I'm Hamilton not, over Tioga. I'm not. I know I'm not breaking any news to you, but this is that this is going to be a one over four or a four over one. Yeah, Hamilton over Tioga. Uh, let's see. I want to make sure uh, it's clearly not because you're looking something up. Oh, I want to make sure I didn't miss. Damn it. it. Um, no, they were in fact only two point dogs in that. Oh, one. Okay. The okay. answer: the Steers of Big Spring. Oh yeah, twenty-six point underdogs to Speedy Munoz and the El Paso Riverside Rangers, and yet pulled out a thirty-eight, thirty-five. Did you see that play that Cannon McWilliams tweeted? I did. That's crazy. That is, that's one of the plays of the year. Yeah, awesome. <laughs> I mean, it was considering a, the stakes. Yeah, I mean, fourth down playoffs. Yeah. yeah, I mean, that's one of the plays of the year. Great, and then they get a date with uh, with Clyde, and hey, it's going to be big country after dark this week. Wait, who? In Clyde. In Clyde with, with Wichita Falls. With Wichita Falls. Yeah. So uh it's gonna be hashtag dub the, dub the coyote versus hashtag big country after dark because that game is an eight o'clock kickoff on Friday night. Ooh, that'll be fun. Late night football in the three two five. Anyway, there it is, your Texas Psychical Wall Fun Factor of the Week. All right, we've already started kicking around by district stuff. I, I wanna see if you agree with this. We have not talked about this. But I said on TFT today that I thought we had a normal amount of chaos for a biodistrict round. I thought last year was super chaotic, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and I thought this year was just kind of an average amount of chaos, which means there's going to be some upsets. And, yeah, there and were. I thought, I thought there were more near misses than there were upsets. Yeah, I think the near miss and the competitive games were – which – it wasn't. It, it limited the chaos, but it kept the first round entertaining. Mm-hmm. We always say it going in. Oh, there's gonna be a lot of blowouts. You know, the first round of playoffs is kind of. It always ends up to me. I think because my expectations are low, over delivering. I agree. There's always some some bangers and some unexpected good games, and even you do have the upsets, but you also have the unexpected, really close games. Cuero, Salado. Mm-hmm. Um, about Olney and Sonora was really good. Mm-hmm. Um, so games like that. South that, Oak Cliff and Summit. Yeah, South Oak Cliff and Summit. White House and Lovejoy mm-hmm. was a great game. So there's always these unexpected, really competitive games that you didn't expect to be competitive, which really adds to the flavor in the first round. So um, I, I think there were a couple, by the way, that we put that we we kind of we we warned y'all on, and they kind of came up. We told you that 
West Orange Sharks can give Belleville hell. Yeah, and they did. They sure did. Yeah. You know, things like that. that yeah. You know. We also said Shoemaker would give Alito hell, and they didn't. They so, did you know, we had, we, had, we had to call our own foul at times. Yeah, hits and misses and yeah, stuff Yeah, like we had hits and misses in this thing. But we, yeah. I thought, for, for the most part, we had a good read on how things yeah. went in the first round. Well, certainly. Um, what was... Uh, I guess, really, and I'm not trying to pick on you, I think only one of us lost a regional champion pick, and it was you losing yes. Lexington. <laughs> yeah. That, Wallace that Brazos. A- Pretty big upset there Actually. with uh, Brazos beating Lake. I don't. Ha- I I didn't have a. But I think we said it in our in our pre in our bracket bracket preview show is that um, I didn't have a good read on region region four three yep. A division two, mm-hmm. and I went with Lexington. They were ten and zero. Felt pretty good about yeah. it. And first round. I think it just goes to show you we, we don't have a good read on region four and three A D two. You did have a hair a handful of teams get the dreaded ten and one. Galveston Ball, our beloved Golden Tours. Yeah. Lexington, uh, Galveston Ball. They went up fourteen nothing and you flagged me and I, and I was like, Oh no. Yeah. <laughs> I thought Kinda, it was I thought it might have been like I thought at that point, because it was fourteen nothing like quick. And pretty like, quick, yeah. And then it's like, uh oh, this might be like forty two nothing or forty two seven. They hung in there. They, they did. Just, yeah, yeah, but you know, this is uh, Houston, Washington, mm-hmm. Got another one. Ten and one. Yeah, so handful of them. So yeah, <coughs> excuse me. It, you know, it, overall, like I said, I thought that it was a relatively standard by district round. You had a couple that w- made you go, "Whoa, can't believe that!" You know, mm-hmm. um, you know, like like I said, you were at one of them, Spearman and, and Abernathy. Yeah, that's a that's a stunner. Great credit to Spearman. They came out. They, they so you know, you, you, I heard you, you, this is the background on this game. The week before, Spearman played Tulia in the snow. Remember week eleven yep. at Amher- Panhandle had that big snowstorm, and basically Spearman, who is typically a spread offense, just basically said, "We're just basically going to go almost in a single wing offense and just go two tight ends, line up and snap, direct snap, wildcat, and just mash you." And it worked against yeah. Tulia, and so I think Abernathy thought Spearman was just going to come out and run their normal offense, and they came out and ran the same exact offense, and we're like, "Whoa." And they just held on to the football. Yeah. Abernathy couldn't get off the field. So credit to Spearman and, and their game plan. They're four and seven, and I think they're going to beat Alpine this week. I think they're favored. And uh, I can I can look so, that up for you. They are they're large favorites. Yeah, I think they're going to be five and seven in the third round of yeah. the playoffs. Yeah. So let's get weird, Spearman Lynx. Absolutely. Um, trying to think of anything else that really like stood out to me or surprised me. Um, it's. I'll tell you going into this, and we'll talk about this. Like, I think. I think this is a. Oh, absolutely. I. That is this the, is a referent. A tough week for El Paso oh, in yeah. week one. They, their six A's fared okay. They went two and two. And everyone else. But got uh, yeah, they went like out and five a.m. below. I want to say they were one and ten. Canatillo was the only one who got a win, but they, yeah. all four of their five A D ones got beat pretty handily. Um, their four eight El Paso Riverside was the one that which was, was like the great hope. Yeah, and they the got beat, and then the other the other three schools in that district got blown away. Clint Mountain View got mm-hmm. a seventy eight burger put on them, so it was it was a rough week and week one for the uh, folks in El Paso. And this um, this and you're right. This week is this like we talk about Valley Week. This is Valley Week. Yeah, like, this, this is, is the referendum on Valley yeah, football. We'll, we'll, I'm sure a couple of these games uh, will come up. I imagine we'll talk about them. Yeah. Anyway, let's get to our week. No, oh, that's dumb. Our area round draft. Uh, if this is your first episode of Tep and Step, welcome. Here's how it works. Step and I go back and forth selecting games we are most interested in 
any game is on the board. You want to take a six-man game. You want to take a private school game. You can do it. Uh, once it's picked, it's off the board. Then you uh, we uh, normally we'll round out with the hipster game of the week, but we'll just get uh, Matt Stepp's uh, road trip uh, for uh, yeah. There's the no there's no such thing as a hipster game. This there's week. On, only 176 we're, UIL games. So we're we're in the second round of the playoffs. It's go to a game. You know, they're all good. Yeah, go exactly. to a, it, it's going to be cold Friday most yep. of the state. Uh, but I don't think it's going to rain, so just put on a coat and come out to a game. Did a coin flip for the show. Step won the coin flip, so he gets <coughs> to pick 1-1 one, one in the area round draft. Step, where are you taking us? I think it's a pretty easy pick for me. Uh, 7 o'clock Friday night at the Ford Center mm. on Bally Sports Southwest. Damn right it's on Bally Sports Southwest. As the 11-0 and Denton Geyer Wildcats take on the 11-0 and Highland Park Scots. Is this the only 11 and 0 versus 11 and 0 game this There's week? There's a 6 man game. Abbott and okay. Union Hill is about 11 and 0 and 11 and 0. Um by the way, I like pull back the curtain a little bit. So I am part of a consultation team to pick the games and on our call on Sunday, I more or less said, guys, let's not overthink this. Like let's it's Friday night, we want a Friday night game. Uh, it's two undefeated teams, two staring teams, two high-profile teams. It's indoors. It's not going to get delayed. Uh, two <laughs> things like that. Um, and yeah, so I'm glad. I'm glad Bally pulled the trigger on it. Yeah, I mean this is. Uh, so the weather's not going to impact this game. They're indoors. Should be a big crowd. I, ma- I imagine it'll be near, a near sellout, so it'll be loud. The Ford, that's one thing with the Ford Center when you get when you get a good crowd in there, it does get loud. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, Geyer. I, I think going into this game, we know Geyer pretty well. They've got I me. Mean, you look at they. They have wins over Allen, Prosper, McKinney, all who, who. Well, not all. Two of the three are in the second round of the playoffs. They have wins over Alito and Geyer in non-district. I mean, this is we know Geyer. They're really which of those teams is out? Uh, I'd be the Allen Eagles. I know, shocking. By the way, I'm sorry. Quick aside, not a fluke. No, they got thumped. I, I they picked got, Louisville. They got thumped. Yeah. I think a majority of people picked Louisville I to win Louisville that game. I picked Louisville, too. Yeah. Um, and Geyer last week, they, you know, no trouble. They beat Flower Mount Marcus 42-7. to mm-hmm. Jackson Arnold accounts for four touchdowns. Just a ho-hum day for the Scots. Yeah. I mean, for the Wildcats. Yeah, that was not, like, Marcus, this is not a, this is not the Marcus of, of, of a couple years ago. No, they're they were, good, but they're, they're not. They're, I think they're, uh, even though they're losing Ashton Cozart, because he's a junior, I think he's a senior. <laughs> yeah, he's uh, a senior. Yeah. Uh, I think they might be a year away. Yeah, that, quarterbacks that, a junior. That Cole Welliver. I think yeah. they're a year away. Yeah. And and the you know, other coaches, Coach Atkinson's prayers to him. I mean, he's yeah, been dealing sure. with health issues. Um, so it's been a tough year for them. But they, you know, Geyer did Geyer did what you'd expect a state title team to do mm-hmm. in the first round of playoffs against, against a team they're better than. They took control early and soundly yeah. thumped them. No, com- you can't complain about a forty-two to seven win. Um. Highland Park is undefeated, and I don't know how well we know Highland Park. They're, you, you, when you look at their schedule and their, and their resume, their best win is probably over Louisville in week two. And I, don't, I think Louisville is a lot better now than they were Agreed. early in the year. They, they were breaking in a few new guys. Highland Park took advantage. We do I, have, we do have a, uh, now we have an uh, apples-to-apples comparison here because they played Marcus in week one. Yes, too. and it was a close game. 38-24. I think yeah. they scored late to really put it away. And last week, they play an Arlington Bowie team that's, you know, all, all due respect to Coach Sam, uh, they're at Bowie. They, it's an average Bowie team this year. They're yeah, bo- fourth-place team, kind of borderline playoff team, and they struggled. 
I mean, Bowie, it was a that was a game. It's 27, 27 and a half. Yeah, I mean, Highland Park pulls away, 44-27 win. Brennan Stewart does a great job, four touchdowns, passing, 345 yards. You know, solid day at the office. But this is going to be by a factor of several numbers, Highland Park's toughest test of the year against Geyer. You know what this reminds me of? Fort Ben Marshall. A little bit. Because Fort Ben Marshall – had a, a couple a couple decent non-district games. This was a, of last year. Of, of last year. Mm-hmm. A couple decent non-district games. And then they go into a district where nobody's in their weight class. Yeah. And they thump. It, they, I keep using the word thump. They, they, they absolutely destroy their district. Mm-hmm. But now they've got to turn on the Jets and play their best football all of a sudden. Yeah. Because this is – you're exactly right. This is not just the best team that they've seen. This is the best team that they've seen – by a lot. Yeah. We're talking about a top five team, a state title contender in Geyer. Now, one concern I've had, I've had on Geyer all year, and you can go back and pull the tape preseason, is this is not a deep football team. Mm-hmm. And they've had good luck with injuries up until last week. Uh, Eli Bowen, their their junior defensive act, younger brother Peyton Bowen, one of their key players, uh, is out for the year. He got hurt, out for the year. He's They use him on both sides of the ball. Peyton plays on both sides of the ball as well as older brother, the Notre Dame commit. Um, and that's a big loss for Geyer. I think they're okay for now, but they can't afford too many more of these kind of injuries because they just don't have the kind of depth to replace those guys. <coughs> Excuse me. I think Highland Park is going to try to find – they're well coached. Randy Allen and that scheme, they do a great job. They're going to find whoever Bowens, whoever his replacement is, and they're going to they're, they're gonna go at him. So I think Highland Park's going to score some points, especially early, while Geyer tries to figure some things out with, with the, the replacement to Bowen. I don't know if Highland Park's defense can slow Geyer down. I think Geyer pulls away in the second half and wins, you know, a 42-35 kind of game. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think Highland Park's going to score points because their scheme, they execute really well, and they're going to find that backup defensive back, and they're going to test them yeah. early and often. I think that's really the question. The other thing is, can the guy or front pressure Brennan Storer and put him under duress? Yeah, um, that's the way you get to Highland Park. That's the way you get to Highland Park. If, you, if, get you, to, if, you, if Brennan Storer is allowed to sit back there and throw, He'll, they are going to that move scheme, the football. Like, he's a great quarterback, but also just the scheme mm-hmm. is set up to be quarterback friendly, that like if you have time, they're going to eat your lunch. Um there is also one other thing that it, we would be remiss as high school football analysts if we didn't mention. Highland Park has a little bit of magic. Okay, You can love them or you can hate them, but the bottom line is that when the lights shine the brightest... They, to, they to, find to bar- a way. To borrow, as, to borrow a phrase, yeah. Scott's find a way. They do, yeah. Let's they shout out, shout out Guy Frazier. They, they do. You have to respect him. You may not like Highland Park because of all the – So the, so here's the thing. You know, but you got to respect them. If this game's close in the fourth quarter, I know which team I like. Yeah. Okay? Now, I also think there's a chance that Guy goes out there and buries them. And, I mean, takes a shovel and – and 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 they've got their backups in in the fourth quarter. I think there's a fair chance this is a blowout there's because possibility. because we do not know about Highland Park. Mm-hmm. But this if this game is close game in the fourth quarter, it is going to be yeah. real pucker time for Geyer because they haven't played a ton of close games. <sighs> yeah, right? Prosper's probably their closest game this year. So that's oh, and another thing. Highland Park athletic director Rodney Webb, uh-huh. former Geyer head coach. Lot to like about this game, Highland Park and Geyer. I'm going to stay in DFW for my pick. Because, Matthew, we're going to go 3 o'clock Saturday afternoon at the Gilf Globe Life Field in Arlington. 
as the defending 5A Division II state champion South Oak Cliff Golden Bears take on the 8-3 Lovejoy Leopards in an Anxiety Bowl. Yeah, I called it the Concern Bowl. <laughs> These Either way. two teams are wandering into this game, both of which I think a little aflutter. So yeah, I don't think either team, either team's fan base left left Friday night their game. I mean, you're, you're happy you won, but I would say almost relieved. And and it furthermore it speaks to a larger, both of which speak to larger concerns about both of these teams that we've had really all year. One of them, on the Lovejoy side, the concern is quite frankly if they get socked in the mouth. Mm-hmm. That they just don't have a response. Yeah. They don't have a count. They're not a counter punching team. North Crowley in week three mm-hmm. laid out the blueprint to how to beat Lovejoy. Yep. For everybody else, you out muscle them. And you, if you look at Lovejoy since that game, they really haven't. Remember last year, putting up sixty seventy on just about everybody. You look at their scores this year; they're winning, and they've mm-hmm. won some games comfortably. But they're not the juggernaut they were last year. That's despite having four Division One receivers. Yes. So there's that. And for South Oak Cliff, the, the, the concern is their offense, which has been poor. There's no there's – like we're at the point we have enough of a data set. We can say their offense is not very good. Uh, and last week – At 126 yards. They averaged 2.6 yards per play last week. That is not a championship offense right now. Plain and simple. They've bounced between quarterbacks, Trey Walton and Carter Capecchi, trying to find something. Now – and I'm not trying to make excuses, but – a, I think Summit's a pretty good team. Yeah, I talked to a couple of coaches from Sock, and they were very concerned about Summit. Mm-hmm. Summit matches up with them well up front. They're athletic enough. I mean, mm-hmm. And Summit, for whatever reason in the playoffs, they'll go, they'll, they'll go five and five on you in the regular season. Yep. And, then, and then they'll go to the state semifinals. Yeah. So there was some concern. Yeah. From the I think Sock Summit's coaches. a good team. But, like, there's no excuse to have 126 yards total offense. They needed a no. Randy Reese punt return to win the game. Yeah. They win 12 7. Now, let's talk about the main event. <laughs> let's talk about the let's talk about the WrestleMania show ender here, mm-hmm. which is the South Oak Cliff secondary and the Lovejoy receiver core. Maybe the best deep secondary in 5A versus the best receiving core in 5A. I'll go farther. I think best in in the state and I think there's an argument to be the best in America. Yeah, I mean, it's Sock and North Shore in secondary one I two. mean, South Oak Cliff in the secondary has got Malik <coughs> Muhammad, Javon Thomas who I, I understand is back, and they're working him back in. Yeah, and I think Javon, they're hoping he can be more of an impact yes. on offense. Between him, Taylor Starling, they're loaded yeah. in the secondary. And then at the receiver core, Kyle Parker, Jackson Lavender, Parker Livingstone, they have the most talented receiver core, or the deepest. Yeah, and they got a McCutcheon kid yeah. as a sophomore, yeah. In, in, in Maybe in America. Yeah. And so that's the real headline matchup here. We will find out once and for all if the South Oak Cliff offense has another gear. Because here's the thing. This Lovejoy offense can be had, or defense can be had. This Lovejoy defense is fair. It's okay. But they're nothing special. If South Oak Cliff is going to get their offensive wheels back on, it's going to be this week. And if they're not, they're going home. That's basically it. Southern Cliff's got to run the football. They just need to line up and run right at Lovejoy and just get behind Big Bubba and those guys up front yep. and just say, we're going to go three yards in a cloud of dust. They, I, I, think, I think you're exactly right. I think every time they drop back to pass, 
it better be in like a desperation mode of like mm-hmm. it's third and seven. They got to stay out of obvious passing downs because they're not a passing offense, plain and simple. They do not have that quarterback on campus right now. And <coughs> so that's the real question is mm-hmm. this game, like look, I'm comfortable saying this. If South Oak Cliff gets to 24, they're going to win. If South Oak Cliff gets to 24 in every game this year, they're going to win a state championship. Yeah, it's going to be hard for anybody to score more, more than, than three touchdowns. More than three touchdowns. Yeah. And that's the real question. Yeah. Um, I said I'm going to ride or die with South Oak Cliff. I'm going to ride or die with South Oak Cliff. I think they're going to. I think they're going to win this game. I also think there's something to be said that for for South Oak Cliff, they saw Lovejoy last year and they go, "You're nothing special. You're not. Yeah. You're not a team we're we're scared of." And so that's that's the I'll real say, question. Advantage Lovejoy. The game's indoors. Oh, 100%. so the elements are going to be not a factor in this game, right? And you got to wonder, Lovejoy. I they. The quarterback situation at Lovejoy is is definitely a concern. They can't. It's a strange. It's it's situation. a weird vibe over there, and just they haven't. They're not settling on a guy, so whoever they're bringing in is looking over his shoulder constantly. I, that's the one thing I, I concern I would have. But I will say, you got to think Lovejoy has been preparing. They kind of knew yeah. this game was coming, and they've been preparing for South Oak Cliff for mm-hmm. about a year. We'll find out, folks. Big game, three o'clock in Arlington. What's your second pick, Matthew? I'm going to go a little off the board, not off the board, but just kind of different. This is game this game has intrigued me since I, since the bracket, since the matchups came out uh Friday night, I guess or Saturday when the second round matchups came through. 7:30 Friday at Yates Stadium in Willis. The Waco Conley Cadets Ooh. taking on the Hampshire Fanet Longhorns. This is hipster. I'm fascinated by this game because front end talent I don't know if there's anyone in 4A Division II who's as good as Waco Conley. Let me They're an- top three guys. Let me answer that question emphatically. I'm comfortable saying there's not. That there's, includes Carthage. Yeah. That includes Gilmer. That includes everyone. They the, Stupid. Keeper Sibley, talent. Jelani McDonald, and Kobe Black are a trio better than any trio in 4A Division II. Correct. One through th- Waco Conley, one through three. Is better than anyone before. That is do. that is like 2018 North Shore type stuff. I mean, it's crazy. <laughs> They're talented. loaded. But the question with Conley is four through about 30. Yeah. And those are the questions we have about Conley. And I think we're going to answer them this week because Hampshire Finette is a battle-tested, really good team that has a star in Dante Zeno. He's awesome. That's so. We had highlights of him at scoreboard. He's like, he, he's amazing. He he's an incredible player, and he he has taken Hampshire Finette's program to, to really new heights. Considering they they were kind of an also ran down there in the Golden Triangle, now they're going. They beat West Orange Stark this year. They went toe to toe with Jasper and Silsby. It's a very good team. Uh, I felt like both teams last week <coughs> um, took care of business. Sorry, y'all. I came back to Canada with a little bit of a, a little bit of a cough. I'm so. not editing it, so I know. Well, good. Uh, it's not COVID. I, I actually took a COVID test the Monday vid. or Sunday just to make sure. But anyway, um, you know, I feel like both these teams took it, took care of business. Conley beats Giddings forty five to eighteen. Mm-hmm. I think Hampshire Finette, Brookshire Royal was nine and one, and Hampshire Finette just bodied them. We had a reporter at that game forty to, to ten. Really good. And, so. and that game was that game was the perfect example of close until it wasn't. I think it was like fourteen ten. Yeah, and then like like. Six 
minutes of game time later, it was like 35-10. You could forget about it. Yeah, I mean, it's it was a very – Brookshire Royal, other than their loss to Belleville, have been really impressive. Mm-hmm. I think this goes to show you Hampshire Fournette, a lot more battle-tested team. Conley was pretty battle-tested as well, but in non-district. You look at Conley's – they have win, they played Brownwood, China Spring, La Vega. Mm-hmm. Really good non-district schedule. Mm-hmm. And finished 9-2, and two, so they're, they're a strong team. I think the key is going to be – Conley support. This is this is going to be every every week going forward for Waco Conley. How how does their supporting cast play? If their supporting cast can just kind of hold up their end of the bargain, Sibley, McDonald, and Black are good enough to take them to heights they've never seen before. But they can't do it alone. They got to get something from the supporting cast. Up defensive line, offensive line's got to do their part. At least have a stalemate. That's the key in this game. I think they they get it done this week. I think they get that stalemate up front, and I think those guys make plays in key moments. McDonald hasn't really gone off since the uh, since he got hurt early early in the year. He's due, and I wonder if this is the Jelani McDonald game in this showdown with Dante Zeno. So give me Waco Conley by seven. Computers got Hampshire Finette by one, <coughs> so it's a it's a one score game. Yeah, it's a one really interesting game. and intriguing game. Yeah. I think Silsby and Cuero kind of and Belleville mm-hmm. are sucking up a lot of the oxygen in Region Three. This is a sneaky good game. This These two teams sneaky. are sleepers in yeah, Region Three. I think you're right. All right, Matthew. I'm going to go to two A. We've done five A, six A, five A, four A. We're going to two A. Six o'clock Friday at Pirate Stadium in Woodrow. Six o'clock kick as the Cisco Big Damn Lobos take on the. Stratford Elks, mm-hmm. who are, I am willing to declare, the most under-the-radar, undefeated defending state champ in Texas high school football history. because <laughs> they moved up. And yeah. I, I saw Stratford in person last week, so I've got a good read on the Elks. So, so well, let's talk to Cisco. Cisco uh, had that heartbreaking loss in Week 11 to, to Hawley. Um Bounced back last week, really smother Reagan County. Uh, defense looked great. Hunter Long, of course, in complete com- complete command of that offense. And they're just they just play they play Cisco football, which is just mm-hmm. we're gonna mash you, and and then the defense is gonna is gonna out outmuscle you up front. Cisco, or I'm sorry, Stratford rather, has won 23 in a row, very quietly, like the third or. I think it's the third longest winning streak in Texas right now. Westlake, Franklin, and them. Okay. Um, and they're doing it with defense. Their defense mm-hmm. is lights out. Julio Valdez. They're young too. They got they've got a lot of young a lot of youngsters. They quarterbacks a sophomore. Uh, yes, Braden Bryce, Bryce Braden. Braden. There's two Bradens, the Braden brothers. Uh, the receiver. I'll tell you this, Bryce Braden. He's a sophomore. I think he's a Division One football player. Mm. Like he'll, he'll be a he's massive. He's he'll be a linebacker, tight end. Somebody somebody will like like that's a perfect Joey McGuire. You know, Texas Tech doesn't use tight ends, but he could play defensive end. He's mm-hmm. he's already like six four, two fifteen. He had two hundred tackles last year as a freshman at linebacker. He's he's been excellent at quarterback, and then they run the ball with Zane Burr, who's back. Yeah, they didn't even use Burr last week. They they pretty much just said, hey, we'll give you a few carries here. We're just gonna we're gonna save you for next week. Well, they they dominated last week, and so. Look, this is this is really kind of a litmus test on Stratford at the D1 level. 
because they've rolled past everyone. And by the way, a lot of their a lot of their um, their wins, I think, have aged pretty well. Um, they've got a win over Sunray, which is a, a, again a win that I think has aged pretty well. They have really they've run a tough gauntlet. They've got a win over Spearman, which suddenly looks better. Yeah, looks a lot better. Um, and then they got through that district. They have that they have that win over Panhandle, which is 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 kind of holding up. Panhandle st- Sunray still playing. Panhandle still playing. Yep. Spearman's still mm-hmm. playing. Exactly right. But I wonder if this is the first time where they are going to face the the big challenge of moving up to the division, which is size in the trenches mm-hmm. and, and physicality in the trenches. Can they match up physically up front with Cisco, which is a team that does just want to mash you? Because here's the thing. If Stratford's going to keep going, let's say they win this game. They're going to have to play Hawley. And Hawley is, in my opinion, right now, a slightly better version of Cisco in the way yeah. that they play, and they, they just mash you up front. And they're a little bit better at the skill spots. Exactly right. Yeah. So the question is going to be, how well does Stratford match up up front against this Cisco team? And it's it's the first real test against a true contender at the Division One level. I'll say this about Stratford. They are huge. Mm-hmm. Like, they do not look like a 2A football team up front. And I think that combined with their – Cisco's very one-dimensional. Mm-hmm. Hunter Long is a great player, but he's a running quarterback. They don't throw it very much. I think, I think Stratford's ability to be balanced is the key in their – especially the quarterback position, is key in this game. But that, that was one thing I had. When I, when I went down on the field pregame, I said, oh, no, Stratford's not little. Mm-hmm. They're a big, physical football team. I like Cisco in a coin flip game. I think it's, I think it's either way. It comes down to the, be a great the usual things. But this is a, this is a hu- fantastic game. If you're anywhere near uh, Lubbock, get to this game. Yeah, should, should be, be good. good. What's your third pick, Matthew? Greg Tepper. Yes. Can I tell you where the center of the Texas High School Football Universe is going to be this weekend? Uh, where's the center of the Texas High School Football Universe going to be? 361. Mm-hmm. Corpus Christi. It is. There are so many good games in the Corpus Christi area this week. It's for a city that size, there's, I think, seven games alone in the city of Corpus Christi. Pound for pound, this is probably like... And you've got, I think, a game in Odom also right down the road. So you got eight really good playoff games in the, a city the size of Corpus Christi. And... It's probably not a bigger one than at 7.30 Friday night at Cabinet Stadium as we get to find out if the Valley's for real. Unbeaten PSJA North takes on 10-1 Corpus Christi Miller. It's time, it's time to have a conversation. Let's have it. You still mad at me? Yeah, I'm real mad at you. Okay. But so, and, and, and here's, here's what I think is interesting. So there, this, this is... And I don't know if you're going to take we, – we might as well talk about the other game too, which is Edinburgh Vela and, and – Vet- oh, I was going to pick that next round. Okay, fine. Uh, I, I, I wasn't. But um, we could talk about them in a pair. I think the Bonus th- game. I was going to say, I think this is an interesting as far as matchup is concerned because PSJA North is the more defense-oriented team of the two Valley teams we're talking about with them and Edinburgh Vela. Mm-hmm. They've got the superior defense. Mm-hmm. Uh, going up against the Miller team that has the superior offense. Yes. Of the two between them and Corpus Christi yeah. Vets. North and Miller is a total contrast of styles. Absolutely. Where I think Vets and Vela, they're a little very similar. They're kind of, yeah, they're kind of like two similar teams from different parts of the world. Yes. Where so That's why I picked North and Miller because it's a fascinating, it's, it's, it's the old classic, can I, does the team that's more physical and better up front and bigger Beat the finesse team mm-hmm. who's got the speed skill spots. Mm-hmm. Miller, 
Miller in the skills positions is better than anyone in Region Four. Yep, I mean, that's fair. They've got <coughs> by they, a good amount. I think they've got the single best player, and arguably the two best players in Region Four in Lonnie Atkinson, the receiver, and Jaden Brown, the quarterback. Yeah, and they've got other weapons that they use that they they spread it around. That they're just a high high flying offense. Where PSJ North wants to take wants to take a rock and just throw it at you every time. They just want to beat the hell out of you. They are they they are I saw them when I saw them against Vela, I was very impressed with how big and physical they were up front on both sides and how many depth. They rotate in line linemen. They got good depth mm-hmm. up front. Their skills positions they don't they don't scare you at the skill spots. Their Ali Aparicio is a very good quarterback who, who's a leader. He's kind of a leader of men. The, the kids kind of all rally behind him. And North's, He's a gamer. Yeah, and North's been battling some injuries. They've been a little beat up. They've been rotating guys in, keeping a few guys healthy. <clears throat> They're going to throw. They know this is the game, right? They this, know this is it. Is. <clears throat> I think this game, the winner of this game is in the regional final because the winner of this game is going to be a yeah. big favorite next week. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> so I think it's a matter of <clears throat> styles make fights, and these are two contrasting styles, and I, I think it comes down to whose who's way of football wins. You know, whose who's way of football is going to dictate the pace of this game because I think if if I, I, I can look at this look at the score and at the end of the first quarter or 15 minutes into the game and if it's 21 14 that's it's a it's a shootout Miller's gonna win a shootout but if PSJ North drags Miller into a street fight I like PSJ North I think that's their kind of game they like to play it and that's 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 what they'll do the most so the closest thing that Miller, I'm sorry, the closest thing that PSJA North has faced to Miller is Vela. Like, yes. And they were able to drag them into a street fight. And they were able to contain their more explosive weapons. And they were able to go and, and find a way. Kept them off the field. They Kept controlled the, the clock. Exactly right. Miller, for all the things they do very well... Up front, they're good. They're not spectacular. Their their strength is at their skill spots. I I wouldn't even say they're good up front. I think Miller is an average team in the trenches. Okay. You're, you're being, I think you're being nice. They're okay. average. Okay. That's where PSJ North can win. Yeah. Is that they've got to outmuscle them and win a game like they did against Vela, which was like, what, 28-21? Yeah, 28-21. 28-21. That's, that's, that is the blueprint. Yeah, that's, that's the, the blueprint. kind of game. We will find out. I think through the first couple of series when Miller has the ball. Because I know one of the reasons you like Miller is because of their speed. Because they've got speed, which is something in Region 4 it's hard to come by. Yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a commodity. It is. If they are able to take the top off the defense, if Miller's able to take the top off the defense, it could be a long day for, for PSJ North. Mm-hmm. If they are able to hit Laniakism on some, some deep post... And and PSJ North just dragging behind could be a long day. Yeah. But if they're able to contain them and make them dink and dunk their way down the field, that gives them opportunities to make plays and get them off the field. They cannot, if you're PSJ North, they cannot give up the 70-yard touchdown. Yeah. And because the more plays, and also if they make Miller dink and dunk, that means the more... PSJ North is very physical. Mm-hmm. They, they're going to want to hit your quarterback. Yes. And those things maybe not... I don't want to say they're going to, you know, try to injure anybody, but they add up. 
in the third and fourth quarter, when you've been getting hit and knocked down, mm-hmm. now your decision making, you know, you just get a little shaky, you come a little gun shy, you think about it, because you don't want to get hit again, and those those things accumulate over time. And that's where PSJ North maybe has the edge. I think that's right. This is a, but you're right. This is, um, it's, it. I hate to say it all comes down to this, mm-hmm. but it all comes down to this. What do you? Let me ask you. What do you think are the chances of a Corpus Christi? RGV split here as far as one wins and one loses. So I picked that. So I would I would say it's forty percent. Yeah, I mean if you if if you're saying what so our options are a split, all corp, a corpus sweep or valley sweep, yeah. I would put I would say a split's forty percent and then you're looking at, you know, thirty percent either way. You I mean, took, these, and we'll just pull back the entire card. You can read on textfootball.com. Uh, but you're a, so you're on Miller and you're on Vela. Correct. I think Miller's gonna win, I think Vela's gonna win. Okay. I'm on both I'm on both Valley teams. Th- th- this is a game I'll be keeping a close eye on. By the way, let me tell you, the computers, all the computers have the Valley teams. Yes. Which has to be the first our, time. Our computer and I know Padilla yeah. both have the Valley the Valley. Let me go check on Harris. Yeah, but yeah, um, our computer and and I think I think Padilla has them pretty. I don't. I don't. What? 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 What are our picks? I know Padilla has Vela in, in North by double digits. Let's see. You're listening to live coverage of me finding out. Um, let's see. Vela by 17, and PSJ North by nine. Yeah. So almost double digits all the way around. So that's. We'll find out though. Yeah, like, like this is the referendum. This is, this is it. We've been talking about it all year. It all really does come down to this week. Yeah, it's a it's a huge week for Valley football as a whole. San Benito's got Taft in a game that's very winnable for them. I think they I think they're going to win it. Harlingen has to go to San Antonio Warren. Mm-hmm. It's a winnable game for them. Brownsville Vets is a favorite. I mean, we could we could conceivably see two six A teams beat San Antonio teams in a Valley sweep in five A D one. Crazy. It could be the it could be this has an opportunity <coughs> to be the biggest weekend in Valley football in. Ever. <clears throat> I mean Oh yeah, I mean as far as like other de- than a as state de- champion, yeah, yeah. As, as, aside from aside from like Donna uh, and PSJ P- in the sixties. Yeah, and then back to um Port Isabel. I like, mean we're talking yeah. an all valley regional semifinal would just be it, it's I don't I don't think that's ever even been conceived. Yeah. But it if, could happen. By even the, the, the staunchest Rio Grande Valley football supporters, if you'd go to someone in the valley and say fifteen years ago and say, Hey, there's gonna be a year where four valley teams play in the regional semifinals, they'd have been like, what What the hell are you smoking, dude? Yes. This there, is, there is a conceivable chance of it. There is, but let me tell you, this Miller team is serious, serious, yeah. serious. And we're not going to talk about Vets. Vets beat Miller. Vets beat Miller. Vets maybe, maybe doesn't, isn't as flashy as yeah. Miller, but they find ways to win. Mm-hmm. Fascinating stuff. Matt Stepp. We're going to stay in kind of that part of the world, but we're okay. going to well, we're going to involve a Corpus Christi team. 7.30 p.m. Friday night in Victoria at Memorial ah, yes. Stadium as the Corpus Christi Cal Allen Wildcats take on the San Antonio Davenport Wolves. Who? The San Antonio Davenport Wolves. Never heard of them. Matt Stepp, <sighs> Cal Allen is going to attempt to win their 93rd all-time playoff game on Friday night. <laughs> And Davenport will be trying to win number two. Number two. Yeah. <laughs> These are two two programs on opposite ends of the spectrum. 
It's not this, Davenport's fault they're new, but they're new. This, this is really interesting because I think – I think there is a fair because because what I think is so fun about this time of year is you do have the casual checking in. Go check our numbers mm-hmm. on TexasFootball.com. You have the casual checking flex. in. Flex. <laughs> I'm just telling you, uh, you have the casual checking in, and I think they may look at this game. But, uh, okay, uh, Cal Allen, yeah, they're great, and yeah. um, and then oh, like uh, who? The San Anto- a San Antonio team, uh, just a San Antonio team I've never heard of. Yeah. In the same way, they've probably never heard of like San Antonio Warren or like San Antonio like Harlandale or something mm-hmm. like that. It's like oh, just another one of those. And there is a Better than zero chance, and I would say maybe like a forty-five percent chance that Davenport beats Cal Allen. Davenport's really good. They're really good, and they're not just first varsity season good. They're good, good. And, Ten and one, and they've got him. They they've got, got him. Shaston Golden is a monster. He is incredible, and he's going to go over the two thousand yard mark in this game almost certainly. Is that like nineteen thirty? Um, and he has been spectacular. How does, and for all the changes about this Cal Allen team, and there are a lot, new coach and Steve Campbell, uh, they are throwing the ball more with Bryce Burnett, but make no mistake, the bread and butter where Cal Allen does and always hangs their hat is on defense. Absolutely. And their defense is still really good. Jude mm-hmm. uh, Jude Hernandez leading the way defensively, and so a lot of this really the real the real big matchup here is what does Cal Allen do against Shaston Golden? Can they bottle him up, or is he going to go for two twenty? This is a hero. This is a hero game for Shaston Golden mm-hmm. because he has an opportunity to. I know it's strange to say like like create a legacy, but like they might retire his jersey if, yeah. if he runs like two forty and three against uh, against uh, Cal Allen. One thing I'll say about Cal Allen typically is is if 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 you got that guy, they've Steve Campbell, who's was Danaher's longtime defensive coordinator. They find a way to take away what you do. They they'll yes. take away that guy. Mm-hmm. They're gonna make somebody else beat you. Yeah, that's the key in this game. That's why I like Kyle, Kyle Allen. Yeah, I don't know if Davenport. Davenport's still a very young team. Mm-hmm. If their other playmakers are ready to take that next step in this kind of game, if Cal Allen says we're not letting Shaston Golden beat us. The other thing I like about Cal Allen in this game is specifically I think they're gonna be able to move the ball. And because this Davenport defense, Davenport has been kind of in classic. One of the things that, that does make them a lot like a first year varsity program is that their defense is kind of like, we'll do what we need to, like, yeah. like kind of hang on late and stuff like that. They give like 30 points a game. Defense has not been great, mm-hmm. and they need to be great. And I think that Cal Allen's going to be able to move the ball. Uh, there is a path for Davenport, yeah. but it's probably like 44 40. Mm-hmm. And Chaston Golden has hero game. Yeah. But, that's the way, yeah. But that's probably the way that they do it. I like but, you know. Regardless, let's say Davenport loses. Dude, you told JD Zimmer Hansel, "Hey, you're, you're going to go ten and two. Holy cow! Because they're going to be they're they're going to be Davenport, be. Iowa Colony, West Plains, and four A. Those three and four A next year are all going to be returning just about everybody and all going to be a problem. Davenport's going to be probably start the year ranked next year. Yeah. So anyway, I like Callan and Davenport. What's your fourth pick, Matthew? This is four or five. We spent a long time on PSG North America. Right. Okay. Uh, the Spider-Man meme game. 2.30, Friday, at Memorial Stadium, Wichita Falls. It's the Spider-Man meme. Amarillo Tascosa takes on Burleson Centennial in, with two teams who run right. the same offense, and they're, like, pointing at each other, All going, right. oh, it's you again. All right. It's All you. Right. Over, First off, this is weird. Over, under, 
Seven and a half combined pass attempts. Under. It's going to be <laughs> cold on Friday. It's going to be Memorial. St- you, you, you've been to Memorial. It's yep. always windy. It is very windy. Especially during the day. Yeah. Yeah. This is going to be. This, this really, I mean this, I mean this sincerely. If you remember Franklin won a title last year without completing a pass, mm-hmm. I think there's a decent chance that this game features zero completed passes. And it may be a shootout. Yeah, it, it could end up. It could end up in the th- like in the com- in the mid thirties. Yeah, and it'd be like, and it'll be a two hour game. Yeah. Oh yeah. Um, both teams run the flex bone, run it well, and both teams were dominant last week. Burleson Centennial. Let me tell you, I watched a good portion of their game because I, th- I was very interested in the game against Lake Belton. They just kicked Lake Belton's ass. Fifty five twenty eight, and it, other than Lake Belton early on making it fourteen fourteen, it was not a game. Mm-hmm. Uh, Elijah Zay, Philip Hamilton, and Jaheem uh, Abibo. I th- hope I said that right, I name right, Jaheem. Right. That's what I said uh, on TV. So uh, all three had a, all three ran for 135 yards, and all three had at least two touchdowns rushing. Just a just a dominant game from the Centennial rushing attack, uh, blasting a good Lake Belton team. Tascosa, we felt like they were going to roll in their in their playoff opener. That El Paso Isleta was overmatched, and Tascosa did the part 70 to seven over over Isleta. Ta- every player who suited up for Tascosa played, and that was over 120 players. Jesus. Everyone got in the game. What? Yeah, everyone got in the game. Yeah. They were just, I mean, it was 28 nothing in the first quarter. They started rotating people. Um, the thing that's different about Tascosa this year is two things. Their defensive line is elite. Avion, Avion Carter, the TCU commit, leads the way, but they're, they're loaded on the defensive line. And when they do need to throw the football – they got a guy this year, T.J. Tillman, the sophomore. That's a guy to watch. He's he's going to be a special player for the Tascosa Rebels the next couple of years. He had a touchdown pass and a pick six in this game. He's outstanding as Tascosa was leading 49 nothing at halftime. So this kind of tells you what kind of game it was. I think this game just comes down to which defense, which defense can win on first down. Mm-hmm. These, with these two offenses, you have got – to win on first down. And winning on first down is tough because second and seven for these two teams is a great down. Oh, yeah. Because they're, they're literally the epitome of, hey, we got four plays to get ten yards. They so, will go – these are also two coaches who, like, fourth and one is, like, not a thought. Unless it's, like, two seconds left and you're tied. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah. You're on the three-yard line. Yeah, like, fourth and one is a go-for-it down yep. pretty much anywhere on the field. Correct. I mean, th- this is – you have to win on first down – or you have to hope they make a mistake and get off schedule. Because these two teams are going to control the clock. They're going to go three, four yards, grind it out, be very happy with that. I think it comes down to defense. I lean to Tascosa in this game. I think their defensive line is good enough to do some damage. And they know the offense. Both these teams, that's the fun thing about this game, is that both these defenses know these offenses. We hear this all the time. You're exactly it right. It was a great game. They played in the second round last year. It was a great ball game. Because here's the other thing. Well, like we, I, I've asked Coach Ken Purcell on, on – um, Football Friday about this a lot of like the challenges of playing flex bone, slot T, wing T, those types of those types of offenses in the playoffs. And he goes, the real struggle is not when you get out there. The real struggle is on Monday when you are trying to teach your scout team how to run it, and they mm-hmm. just can't. Like they yeah. like they can't run it at least at the speed yeah. that they can. These two scout teams, they're probably really good at it. They're probably excellent at it. Yeah. You know what I mean? So it's like I don't know. It's a really intriguing. Kind of, you're right, the Spider-Man meme game. Yeah, they're pointing at each other going, oh, it's you again. So, really fascinated by this game. Uh, and it's a, you know, it's a 2.30 Friday kick, so a lot of eyes on this game because it's a rare Friday afternoon. There's a few of these 
yeah. rare Friday afternoon kickoffs across the state. Matt Step, we are going to go. I gotta look at the. Mm, yeah, seven p.m. Friday night at uh, my friend Brian's house, TDECU Stadium in Houston, as the Alvin. My Shad- friend Brian as well. Yeah, as the Alvin Shadow Creek Sharks take on the Humble Summer Creek Bulldogs. It's a battle of the creeks. It is is creek warfare, and and. I would propose to you, Matthew, another referendum. And this is a referendum on 23-6A. Okay. So Shadow Creek is 11-0. Rolling past people, looking great, feeling good, romped through district, champions of District 23-6A. Okay. Last week against Brazoswood, shout out Joe Dale Carey. Great job getting them in the playoffs. Fantastic. Didn't end the way he would have preferred. <laughs> Didn't go well. That's okay. Though. Seventy-seven to seven. It it, it ended uh, with with a bit of a, a bit of a, a thud, but they were uh, the offense was on on tilt for for Shadow Creek last week. Duke Butler was great. They ran the ball well with Jacob Rot Washington. They were on point, overmatching Brass. Yeah, wasn't it? It was it was a blowout from the jump. Matt steps. Can you tell me who else from District 23-6A survived by District Round? I absolutely can. How many? Zero. No one did. No one did. They're all out. Pearland Dawson lost to Clear Falls. Pearland lost to Dickinson. Ailey Taylor lost to Clear Springs. Mm-hmm. Shadow Creek's the last one standing. Matt Step, uh, Summer Creek's from District 21-6A. Mm-hmm. Can you tell me who else in District 21-6A is still alive? That would be a sweep. All of them are alive. All of them. North Shore, Tascacita, Summer Creek, and C.E. King are all, all still winners. playing football. All winners. And summer. And by the way, Summer Creek had a similar uh, experience last week against an overmatched South Houston mm-hmm, team. Mm-hmm. Uh, rolled past them, looked fantastic doing it. They've got, uh, you know, they are absolutely humming right now, and and just just looked the part of a state championship contender. Is Shadow Creek simply a product of a weak district? That's the question. Yeah, I think we're going to find out because there's a fair chance. That we have all four 21-6A teams through the air, through the regional semifinals, and in fact, the computer thinks that that is likely. All four of them are favored this week. Yeah. Task Seed is a favorite over Clear Springs. North Shore is favorite over Dickinson. Summer Creek's favorite over Shadow Creek by two points, and CE King's a favorite over Clear Falls. This is about to me. Summer Creek has played everyone real tough. Everyone real tough. Yeah, this, even North Shore. And this is going to be. In my opinion, the best defense pretty considerably that Shadow Creek has faced this year. Absolutely. And so how well do they match up with their offense, Duke Butler and company, against this excellent Shadow Summer Creek defense? Uh, really interested, and this is like, this is, you know, it's nut-cutting time for, yeah. for Shadow Creek. I'll say this. The winner of this game has got a good shot next week against Katie. Ooh. I think the winner's got a, a punch, a, more than a puncher's chance against Katie. Okay, you heard it here first. I don't. I, so. I don't agree, but that's fine. <laughs> what is your fifth and final pick, Matthew? I can't believe this game is still on the board, but this shows you. Area around the playoffs, the games get really good. Seven o'clock Friday night in Midlothian, the unbeaten Anna Coyotes mm-hmm. 
in the nine and two Stephenville Yellow Jackets. I might, have, I might have to tell my folks to go to this game. Get it on. This game feels like a regional final type matchup. Mm-hmm. And it's just the way the bracket worked out. You know, Stephenville finished second in their district behind China Spring. Anna is obviously eleven and zero. Just kind of worked out that way. When the bra- when the, when I started doing my projections, I was like, oh, second round, second round game. And here we are. And both teams took care of business last week in in dominant fashion, as you would expect. Anna blows past uh, Frisco Panther Creek, sixty-two to twenty-four. Ethan Bullock, three hundred seventy-three yards, oh, six um. touchdowns passing. No. No, uh, no I called him Randy Bullock last week. Sorry. Randy Ethan. Bullock. That's a kicker for the Texans. So, Ethan, um, my bad. Uh, six touchdowns passing. Breezy Dubar, 132 yards, three touchdowns. His real name is Jambris. No, nope, J- don't care. But Breezy. call him Breezy. Uh, if his mom calls him Breezy, I'm definitely calling him Breezy. But 132 yards, three touchdowns rushing. <coughs> Excuse me. And, uh, you know. And it did what they what, what what we expected against Panther Creek. They we expected them to dominate, and they did. Stephenville plays Fort Worth Dunbar, and it's you know fifty six to twenty probably doesn't do that final score justice. It was forty two nothing at halftime. It was over. Yeah. Stephenville emptied the bench. Ryder Lambert looks to be healthy. He threw for six touchdowns last week. Didn't get a lot of yards because Stephenville consistently was starting in Dunbar territory, so they weren't able to roll, roll up a lot of yards. Um, I'll say this: If you like offense and passing, this game is right up your alley. This mm-hmm. is this is going to be a shootout. I'm going to put the over under on this one at 90, and I might take the over. I, I was think say, this is going to be. I think both these teams are are going to get into the 40s. I think this is going to be an absolute shootout. Anna, I think, is better on defense and maybe has the better front line talent, but. But I think Stephenville's got the intangibles. They've played, and this is because I mean, Anna before this year has never played in. I mean, they've been a pretty average program. Mm-hmm. Their players have not played in these high stakes play. Now, granted, Ethan Bullock did play was at Allen last year. He didn't play, but he was a part of the team and was. But other than that, these Anna kids have not played in these big playoff game, big environments, and this is going to be a big environment big game and they're playing a state title team in Stephenville who's mm-hmm. who's been there done that played at AT&T Stadium played against Argyle played against China Spring they've been in these big environments they're playoff tested I think that tradition and big game experience is the difference I like Stephenville over Anna I like Anna because I for the same I'm a broken record okay I like Anna because I trust their defense to make a stop that's it. That's the whole thing. Like I just like the Stephenville defense still just makes me super nervous mm-hmm. every time they're out there. And um, but I also think that you're exactly right. The pedigree matters. And Anna, this is the is this the best year in Anna history? I think maybe in the '60s or '70s they had a really good year, but I don't know. They, I don't know if they were, they were undefeated though. Certainly, this is. I mean, they're they're. This is, but Stephenville. This is just another year. Do you know what I mean? This is just another this old hat for them. This they, old hat, they, and arguably, what they've got three losses. Is that right? Two, two losses. Two. This is arguably not to their standard at the moment. Yeah, you know what I mean? Not, not last year's standard. For so, sure. from a pedigree perspective, this is a wide gulf. But how much does that matter on Friday night? All right, I'm looking at Anna's history. Okay, they were ten and one in 1968. Okay, ten and three in 1976. Ten one and one in 1981, and 
that was their last double digit win. So this season. they've already got the most wins in the season ever. Uh, correct. Yeah, they never won more than ten games in a yeah. season. So they've already won. Yeah, I, I don't know. I don't know the ten and three year. Yeah, but I mean knows. they weren't undefeated that year. Yeah. So exactly. Right. They went to the third round in nineteen seventy six. So all right, I'm gonna go my fifth and final pick. I'm gonna go off the board a little bit. Seven o'clock Friday night at Warrior Coliseum in San Antonio. On the that's a uh, on the campus of San Antonio Piper. As the eleven and zero Lano Yellow Jackets take on the eight and three Goliad Tigers, and allow me to say this. Uh oh, Pickle, Pickle's getting up from her seat now. I think if you are Lano and you are thinking you're going to walk through this game, I think you got another thing coming. I think this Goliath team is pretty good. And they're get, they're, they seem to be improving as the years yes, gone along. Yes, that is exactly right. They are a team that I think... Oh, here, Pickle's, Pickle's trying to pick the lock now. She's about to come in here and... Playing their best football and, and right shove now. you up against the wall. So Goliath's got three losses on calm the down, year. Calm down, Pickle, calm down. Goliath's got three losses on the year. Back in non-district, they lost to Poteet 16-13. to It's a bad loss. They lost a one-point game at Vanderbilt Industrial, and they lost a 14-point game to Edna. Is a team that we like. Yeah. Here is what they do well, in my opinion, and why I think so. So Lano's going to be your favorite, okay? Understandably so, and I think they're going to win. I want to be very clear. But Lano, I think this version of Lano team is pretty reliant on being the dominant force up front and kind of out muscling people up front. Mm-hmm. And I am not sure. They're going to be able to dominate up front in the same way that they have for most of the year. Because the team that I think matched up best with them up front over the course of this year was Universal City Randolph, Mm -hmm. who gave them everything they wanted. The mighty Rohawks. Them and Blanco both matched up pretty well up front. And suddenly, that offense, which has been high-flying with uh, Kaysen Kirkendall. Is that right, Kaysen Kirkendall? We've got a million Kirkendalls. I don't know. Is there, is there another Kirkendall running I'm around? Fairly Lano? certain. Oh, yeah. There's got to be. Um, K- Carson Kirkendall. Carson okay. Kirkendall. All of a sudden, that offense dropped to like 16 points a game instead mm-hmm. of its normal 50. Now, they win the game because their defense has been great. But this is, I think, I think if, if Lano, and there's no maybe there's no such thing as a trap game in the playoffs. If there's such a thing as a trap game, mm-hmm. knowing that Edna looms, knowing that there's a potential for a deep run, I think this is that potential trap because this team is getting better. They've got a solid quarterback in J.P. Reyes. They've got a bevy of running backs back there like Braylon Perry and Joseph Council. This is a good Goliad team. They're solid. And they're getting better. And matchup-wise, I think they match up well with with Lano. I said this on Friday. I think this is a one-score game. Okay. I think this is a one-score game. I think Lano wins it. But I'm going to be paying attention to this one. Okay, I like paying attention to this one. No, 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 pickle, no. Yeah. <sighs> where'd she, where'd she get that? Where'd she get that trebuchet? She's yeah, firing she's, things yeah, at she's, me. Anyway, she's not happy with you right now. There it is. Your week. Um, and I like Lano a lot. I think their team's really good. But I, I think region. I think we have overcooked. I think we have we have made region four too simple. We keep thinking it's Edna. Lano, Edna Lano. 
I think it's deeper than that. Yeah. Tell you what, Edna's got their hands full with Randolph this they week. They do. The That's Mighty the Rohawks are a are team. Are for real. Yeah, they're a good team. Those are two really good matchups, yeah. I think, in Region 4. Anyway, that's our draft. Step took Highland Park and Geyer, uh, Waco Connolly and Hampshire, Finette, PSJ North and Corpus Christi Miller, Amarillo Tascosa and Brilson Centennial, and Anna and Stephenville. I took South Oak Cliff, Lovejoy, Cisco, Stratford, Cal Allen and San Antonio Davenport, Humble Summer Creek and Alvin Shadow Creek, and Lano and Goliad. Well, I think we covered the entire state that there, That is basically. pretty much everywhere. What's Got it up? all. What's up? Now it's time to hear where Matt Stepp's heading on his road trip. But, of course, when he's out on that road, he's going to be fueled by the greatness of Country Meats. Shout out to our friends at Country Meats. Have a team in need? Country Meats makes fundraising easy and lets you earn 50% of the profit. Not 49%, 50%. Reach your team's goals fast. Use the discount code STEP10 to get 10% off your first order at CountryMeats.com. Country meets, they love the playoffs and they love the country. They do love the playoffs and they do love the country. I'm, I'm comfortable speaking on their yes. behalf. Where All right, heading? so Thursday night, I'm going to keep it local. Going to be at the Birdville Fine Arts and Athletics Complex as the unbeaten Palmer Bulldogs take on the Callisburg Wildcats. Interesting 3A Division II matchup. What did Callisburg do last week? They won. <laughs> Nailed it. Uh, they beat Millsap forty to twenty. If memory for some serves. reason that there was something happened in that game. Do they have a player of the week nominee or something? No, like, I think so. They beat Millsap forty, 40 to twenty. Yeah. Maybe I don't know. Maybe I'm thinking they, of somebody else. Anyway, they're, head, they're back. They're back at Birdville. They beat them at Birdville yes. last week too. So yeah, they were just so, getting comfortable there. Uh, so gonna check that check that game out Thursday. Easy trip for me. Mm-hmm. Thursday's weird because there's not a lot of the only big school game in the area is DeSoto and Rockwall Heath at the Star. The Star. I think Mike Roach is trying to talk you into going to that game. I got to get clearance from the point. boss. Yeah, uh, but uh, uh, yeah, Mike Roach is in the group group chat on Twitter, the, trying to, trying to talk you into it. The I think DeSoto is going to body Rockwall Heath though, so I don't know. I think you're probably right. I'm gonna make Nick Harris sad. I think you're probably right, but they kind of farted around last week too. I'll tell you a sneaky good. I, I considered going to this game, but I've never seen Palmer, so I wanted to. Comanche and Bells is a really good Thursday night. If you're looking, for, if you're in the Metroplex and want to go see a really good Thursday night game, go to Springtown. There are let me tell Comanche you, and Bells. Let me tell you, three A Division two, Region two has a bunch of pointsy teams. Yeah. Jacksboro's got Gunner this week, and they're pointsy. Comanche is pointsy, uh, like not Holiday. And Bells runs a slot Bells tee, and they, they they're pointsy. Like yeah. of course Gunner's pointsy. Like it's it's a it's a strange region. This yeah, year. if you if you're just wanting the best game, yeah. in the Metroplex Thursday night. I think it's in Springtown, Comanche and Bells. I think that's right. But I'll be at Bur- I'll be at Birdville, uh, so come come say hello if you see me. Uh, Friday night, I'm doing a weird double header. I'm gonna drive to Wichita Falls. This is this is sicko stuff right this here. Sicko stuff. I'm gonna drive to Wichita Falls Friday for the two thirty game between Tascosa and Burleson Centennial. Mm-hmm. Then I'm gonna turn around, and drive back to the Metroplex for the seven thirty kickoff. At Standard Stadium, as those mighty Everman Bulldogs in the area around the playoffs take on the Terrell Tigers. I love it. Let's go, dogs. I love Coach it. Coach Sedberry, I love you, but you know, it's E-Block all day over here. I love it. Yep. All so, day. I'm so, so, I'm so happy. I think I can do it because Tascosa and Centennial, that game is going to be over with like oh, two hours. in two hours. 2.30 kick, you'll be out of there after an interview at five. Yeah. And yeah. then the sprint to Standards. Yeah. I, I could probably get Standards in two hours from Wichita Falls. Yeah, I'm trying to think like... You might miss kickoff, but like, nah. I think if I get out, if I get out of there at five, I should be good to go. 
mm-hmm. two and a half hours yeah, st- from Wichita Falls to Standards. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Just hit 287 to... Uh, 35? Uh, probably hit 287 to 380. I don't know. So I got to figure... I gotta, it, I'll, I'll let Waze direct me because 380 gets dicey in Denton to get over to 35E. You know what I need? I just It just hit me. I need Craig Way to do a Waze voice, stuff like that. Oh, called I know. Craig Waze. That'd be so good. Because he's always talking about, like, highways. Yeah. Stuff like that. And he asked Craig Way the best way to get from Wichita Falls to Standridge. Yeah. And text him. Uh, and then Saturday morning, I'm going to hop on a Southwest flight. Southwest, I'm still waiting on that sponsorship. Uh, one o'clock, Saturday. The Rebs are back, baby. Rebs are back. As the Midland Legacy Rebels host the Keller Indians at not Grande, it's Astound Broadband Stadium now. Oh, do they change it? Um, Grande, I, I, hate, I guess they got bought out by... I hate, uh, I hate to tell you this, uh, Astound. It's, I still call it Grande. Not going to work for me, buddy. <laughs> it's going to be Grande. I'm used to calling it Grande Sorry. Communications. So, uh, yeah, uh, 1 o'clock Saturday, uh, Midland Legacy and Keller. Mm-hmm. Uh, should be a fun game. Uh, the Saturday, the Saturday, Saturday slate's, slate's a little thin, so figured I'd get out to... Cause, and by the way, so we... Get out know, to Midland. So there's only... Seven games on yeah. Saturday. Now, I will say Saturday night when after after dinner, I'm locking in to either Aubrey and Center or Pleasant Grove and Caddo Mills. One, those are two Saturday night games. Yeah. I'll be locked into one of those games on Saturday night from my hotel. Caddo Mills, Pleasant Grove's interesting. Yeah, it's the star. Mm-hmm. It's, it's indoors. It's the star. I think Mike Roach is going to – you know, Mike Roach is a big Josh Gibson guy. He's He'll be there. He's a big Josh Gibson guy. So – Anyway, uh, I'll be changing. That's the, the schedule. We'll be, yeah. doing football f- we'll be doing football Friday pre half and post. For, you might um, get out. To, you're you're tr- plotting to get to a game Thursday if you can, talk, right? Trying to talk my wife out to, into into that and letting me run off with my football friends. Yeah. Um. So we'll see. We'll see. Pray for me. Um. Tees and peace. And uh, and yeah, but then we've got uh, on Valley. We've got Highland Park and Denton Geyer, which would be great. Who's on the great. call for that one? Uh, Brant Freeman. Is going to be on the call. Oh, okay. And uh, who's Texas State guy? And yeah. then I don't know. I don't. Know, it's either going to be Gary Reasons or Shea Walker. Okay. Uh, it was Gary last week, so it might be. They might be alternating. Gotcha. Uh, yeah. So should be a lot of fun. You know, next week they're they're are they are they going to do a Friday afternoon game or are they I think angling for Friday night next week. Any I don't idea? know how much I can say. Okay. Never mind. I will say that we have. I'll get you in trouble. I will say that we have a potential game targeted. And have had that targeted. If you um, ga- cast your gaze east, uh, oh, yeah. so it may depend on when that game is played. Gotcha. I would prefer if it was a Friday night, but I guess we'll just have to see how uh, you know how things shake out. How things shake out. Sometimes things can get a little nuts out there. You don't know what those well, dogs are going to do. Yeah, so. and I'll say this, uh, coaches. I'm going to need you to th- start next week. To schedule some more Saturday games. Yeah. Can't have all these games. You know, I had to help Everman and Ter- I'll, I'll pull back the curtain a little mm-hmm. bit before we go. I had to help Everman and Terrell find a stadium this week mm. because they wanted to play on Friday night, and because Terrell and Everman they couldn't get a four way agreement mm-hmm. because Texas High was involved, yes. and obviously they're they're geographically not yes. their outlier. Yeah. So they couldn't get a stadium booked ahead of time. So after Terrell beat Texas High Friday night. Everman and Terrell started working on stadiums, and every stadium they were trying to play at was either already booked on Friday night, and they didn't want to play Saturday. Terrell didn't want to play on Thursday because Everman played on Thursday. Or the stadium was available, but the stadium would not host. What The stadium wasn't booked, but they weren't hosting because that team was playing in the play. Yes. Like, like they, they talked to Waxahachie, yes. but Waxahachie plays Friday night, so they can't get enough stadium workers mm-hmm. because they're still playing. Mm-hmm. So... 
That's why Everman and Terrell are playing at Standridge. Seems a little out of the way for Everman and Terrell, but it's equidistant. Nice stadium, too. And it's a nice stadium. So uh, shout out to uh, Everman and Terrell for listening to me and getting that stadium booked. And shout out to you, valued listener and subscriber. We love you very we much. We appreciate you. That's going to do it for us. Thanks for spending a little bit of your day with us. Uh, and, yeah, Steph, thanks for your courage. Thank you. Talk to you next week on Tevin.